Welcome to the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. Let's get inspired. Hi, friends, and thanks so much for joining in today for Episode 9 of the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. I am your hostess, Amy Latta, and if we are just meeting for the first time, I'm so glad you're here. I um, have a website at amylattacreations.com where I share all kinds of crafty inspiration with an emphasis on hand lettering, but I also have lots of home decor and seasonal projects that you can do yourself and with your family. I've also written three books on hand lettering and I would love to tell you more about those but that is a topic for another day because our main topic today is sort of um, answering an FAQ that I've been asked a lot recently which is what do you do when you've lost your creative mojo? So this podcast is designed um, in general for folks who are crafty types, um, enjoying all kinds of creating, making, whether you are someone who sews, whether you are an artist who paints, if you are a lettering artist, maybe you make things out of clay, whatever it is that you do, you are very welcome here. And I hope that this podcast today can help you when you find yourself stuck in a creative rut. And to start, I just need to say that you are not alone if you are finding yourself in that place today. Maybe you are fortunate and you feel super inspired and energized and your creative juices are flowing right now. And if so, that is awesome. But if not, you are not the only one, friend, because let me tell you, it happens to all of us. No matter what kind of crafting we do, whether we do it for a living or as a hobby on the side just for fun, um, all of us go through dry spells where we find that we're just not really inspired and we don't know what to create. We don't feel like creating what we usually do. And I can tell you, I have definitely been in the situation before where I would come downstairs to my craft room and I would just stand there and I would look around at what was here, the supplies and the tools and the paints and all the things. And trust me, as someone who does this for a living and who partners with companies, I have more paint in this house than I think is in my Michael's store. I have all kinds of other supplies and surfaces, anything that you could possibly want. And at the same time, I found myself just standing there with no inspiration whatsoever. And eventually, I would just go back upstairs and shut the door and do something else because I couldn't find what it was that I wanted to create. That spark wasn't there. And I felt like I had just lost my creative mojo. And so trust me, friend, I know how you're feeling. If you're not feeling that way right now, eventually you will be or you have in the past and you can relate to that. Um, So if you're not in that position today, store this message away, um, listen to the tips and, you know, just kind of tuck them away so that you can pull them back out when you do find yourself in need of a little inspiration. Or if it is you today, take these tips to heart and I'm hoping that at least one of them will energize you and bring that spark of creativity right on back. So we're going to start um, by just kind of giving an overview of what we're going to talk about today. I've got four tips for you to get you creating again, and those are freshen up your space, search your supplies, pop over to Pinterest, and try something new. 
So we're going to take those one at a time and we're going to start with number one, which is freshen up your space. And I cannot emphasize enough what a difference I have seen this make in my own creative journey. Because those of you who have been following along on the blog and in the podcast, you guys know that I just recently completely overhauled my craft room. In fact, I did an entire podcast about it, my first one ever. So you can go all the way back to episode one and you can hear all the details about it. But essentially, I transformed my dark dark and dreary basement that was just kind of a storage space into a bright, beautiful, organized craft room that inspires me to create when I'm down here. So what I would encourage you is take a look at where the space is that you do your creating. Um, Hopefully you are in a situation where you have a place that you can dedicate just to your work. Um, Maybe you don't. Maybe you have to craft on the kitchen table, which introduces its own set of challenges. But if you do have some kind of room or corner of a room where you do your creative work, um, take a look at it and assess, is it a place that's inspiring your creativity? If it's dark, if it's cluttered, if it's messy, you're not going to feel like making anything there. So clean it up, organize it, put those supplies away where they belong, bring in a lamp, brighten things up, make yourself a clean space to work, and you have to be able to see what you have and access your supplies. So make sure that you can do all of those things. I have tons of tips for organizing and creating a nicer workspace, a creative space that you love. And so I would really encourage you if you haven't already to listen to episode one because that goes into great detail about this particular topic. Um, So definitely check that out if you find yourself saying that your craft space itself is sort of a barrier to feeling like you can get in there and be creative. Um, But just anything that you can do, you know, hang a couple things on the wall that you can look at that inspire you. Or, you know, we talk about Pinterest and we're going to be talking about that shortly. But We don't have to forget about the old style pin board. I have cork boards down here in my craft room and some magnetic boards where I can hang up things that inspire me. I have um, pictures that people have painted for me, things that people have lettered for me and mailed, which I love getting mail from you guys, things that you make. Oh my gosh, that makes my day every single time. I have thank you cards that people have hand lettered for me, um, bookmarks that people have made for me, which I guess I should really put in a book, but I like to look at it. And so all of these things are hanging up and, you know, it's not just my work, it's other people's work, which is in different styles and different um, media, watercolors, things that I don't necessarily do. So I surround myself with inspiration, things that I can look at that are pretty and artistic. And sometimes that helps just surrounding yourself with those types of things in your crafting space. So that's a real quick um, tip number one is just make sure that the place where you're going to work is such that you actually can and want to work there. Now let's talk about the second tip a little bit. This is something we haven't talked about in the past and this is, I called it search your supplies. So let's back up a second and all acknowledge the fact that we all have a stash And some of us have a bigger stash than others, but all of us have purchased things and intended to use them either for a specific project or just in general because we thought we would use them and we haven't put them to use yet. I see things that go by on Facebook that say, I think that 
crafting and craft supply shopping are two separate hobbies. And in a sense, I think that's completely accurate. I go in the craft store and I see things that I quote unquote need. Uh, Usually they're sparkly or shiny and um, I purchase them and then bring them home and then they sit. So all of us have these things. We have fabric that we bought because it's beautiful, but we've never made anything with it or paints that we just loved and thought were beautiful colors, but we've never painted anything with them or surfaces. This is where it always gets me. I buy these wooden surfaces and chalkboard surfaces and all kinds of things that I'm going to turn into something beautiful one day, but one day hasn't come yet. If you looked in my behind the magic curtain here in my craft space, I have unfinished wood projects that are all kinds of different things. I have one that's shaped like a giant sled that a small child could almost ride on. I have those tree bark slices. I have canvases. I have like a zillion styrofoam balls because of a failed project that I attempted to do with Krylon like five years ago. What am I ever going to do with them? I have terracotta pots coming out the wazoo. I have literally, you know, in that I've lost my mojo funk, stood here and held a terracotta pot and thought to myself, I have literally done everything I can possibly do under the sun with a terracotta pot. I have painted it with polka dots. I have painted it with glitter. I have hand lettered on it. I have made it into a wind chime. I have painted it with stripes. I have painted it with circles. I have painted it with geometric shapes. It starts to feel a little bit like a Dr. Seuss book, but The reality is I haven't done everything under the sun. So my suggestion is when you're feeling a lack of inspiration, look at your stash, see what you have, and then you do a search based on your supplies. So what that means is we go to Google and we put in whatever the supply is that you have that you think you might want to use. And so for me, that could be wooden sled or it could be terracotta pot. And then you finish it with the word crafts and you hit go and you see what comes up. I like to click on the images tab because I would rather look at the Google images and see what all comes up. And then if something interests me, I can click on it and then look at it and explore it further at a website or wherever it takes me. But I like to do the Google image search or you can do that same kind of search on Pinterest. Just put in whatever it is, you know, canvas crafts or wooden block crafts. And guys, you will literally be amazed at what comes up. Like I told you, I thought that I had done and or seen everything you could possibly make with a terracotta pot, and I was wrong. Because in preparing for this podcast, I thought, well, I better do a search. So I did, and I put in terracotta pot crafts, and I saw several things come up that I had never seen before. And that surprised me, because remember, this is my job. I spend all day on the internet doing my own blogging, as well as looking at other craft blogs, being on Pinterest, being on Craft Gawker. It's my job to know what's trending and what people are doing. But you know what? I saw things that were brand new. Somebody had made the cutest garden gnome out of a bunch of different terracotta pots. I don't even know how they did it. I'm sure if you click on the picture, it'll show you exactly how you too can make a terracotta pot garden gnome. Um, But I also saw there was a really cute three-tiered serving tray that people had used to put fruit on. And I was just blown away because I never would have thought to use my pot in that way. And sometimes I think it just takes looking at something with a fresh set of eyes. Sometimes you need to think outside the box and you can't do it on your own. So that's why the great wide internet is there. And all you have to do is just that simple search, whatever the supply is that you have, styrofoam balls, goodness, and then put crafts afterward and see what pops up. 
Then once you find something you like, something that inspires you, take that idea and run with it. You don't have to do exactly what the other person did, but now that I have seen a three-tiered tray made out of terracotta pots, I could explore my own stash and my own ideas and style and how I could make a three-tiered tray out of terracotta pots. So, you know, you can click, follow a tutorial, get directions, or you can just take the idea and go from there making it your own. Um, And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a couple minutes with the Pinterest tip. But, you know, my suggestion is just look at your supplies with fresh eyes and the Google search should really help with that. So moving on to number three, my third tip is pop over to Pinterest. And I'm probably preaching to the choir here. That's probably the first place that you do go when you want inspiration. Um, But in case it's not, Pinterest is there for this very purpose. It's supposedly that visual pin board. It's where we save all the stuff that we see that we like and want to do someday. So maybe someday is today. Go look at your old pins. I know that I, for one, am terribly guilty of seeing something adorable, pinning it, and never, ever looking at it again. I forget that it's there. I saw another meme come by on Facebook that said, I've pinned approximately 18,722 meals on Pinterest, and we ordered pizza for dinner again. And isn't that so true? I mean, it's definitely true for me because, guys, I am an artist and I am an author. I am no chef. I hate to cook. So I pin these recipes that look delicious, especially Asian ones, because I think Scout might like them. And then I'm like, dude, I am way too lazy (laughs) to make that. So I get him some carryout duck from the Chinese restaurant and pizza for us. And everybody's happy, right? But the reality is Pinterest is there for a purpose. The idea is that we're going to go back to that stuff someday and we are going to try it. So, you know, go back and look at the things that you've actually pinned in the past because at least at some point you thought you wanted to make them. So why not see maybe you have all the supplies already or maybe you just need to go buy a couple of things and you can create that thing that you thought that you wanted to make. I would really encourage you to do that. I can't tell you how long ago I pinned some of the things that are on my boards and I completely forgot about them. So just refresh your memory. Go see what's there. I mean, you can always look for new pins too, but I would start with what you've already selected because at some point you thought it looked interesting enough that you might want to make it in the future. So check that out. See what speaks to you. See what supplies you need and then go ahead and recreate it. Um, You know, you might as well seize the day and let that be a pin that you actually tried. And now they have that cool little feature where if you do try a pin, you can go back and click on like, I tried this and you can share a photo, you can share, hey, this worked or hey, this didn't work. And I would use hot glue instead of super glue or whatever the case might be. So that's kind of a cool little feature too. Plus, it's just fun to be able to say, yeah, I did this. I tried it and I actually made one of the things that I pinned. And then the fourth tip that I have for you is to try something new. And when I say that, I mean really, really new. Try something that it never even maybe occurred to you to try before. Most of us, although I know that there are a lot of folks who are just sort of general crafters, and I put myself in that category too. We like to paint. We like to letter. We like to do home decor. We like to do, you know, all the basic kinds of things. Um, But I know that we tend to put ourselves in these little boxes. You know, maybe you are a sewing person. You sew, you embroider, or maybe you are a paper crafter. Maybe you are a jewelry maker, whatever it is. My suggestion to you is find something 
that you've just never tried. Like maybe you are someone who usually works with fabric. Try metal stamping some jewelry. Or maybe you're somebody who usually works with paper. Try quilting with fabric. You know, it's really step outside of your comfort zone and try something that's completely new to you because that will energize you. It'll refresh you. It'll give you a chance to learn and develop a new skill. And, you know, it's possible that you won't like it. It's possible that you won't be any good at it. Although I maintain the idea that practice makes progress and that you can get awesome at anything you're willing to practice. Meanwhile, you may decide that you prefer whatever your natural crafting niche is. And that's fine. You can go back to it. You know, take your class on quilting and then go back to making beaded jewelry. But it'll give you sort of a a refresher and a wake up and It'll re-energize you, bring some different creative mojo into what you're doing. And, you know, it's very possible, too, that the new thing might stick. You may find that the new thing that you learn becomes your brand new obsession. And I know that that's true because that's what happened to me. I was a general crafter and I was sort of specializing in jewelry making. I was doing beaded jewelry, stamped jewelry, and I still do sometimes do those things. I just metal stamped a Christmas ornament and put it on the blog the other day. But I decided I was going to step out of my comfort zone and try something new. And I decided to teach myself this thing called hand lettering. And you know what? I fell in love with it. And ever since, that has become my main favorite way to express myself artistically. And obviously, you know, if you follow the website, if you have the books, you know that that led to a complete directional change in my career. I never dreamed I would have, at this point, three lettering books out with two more coming out in 2019. I had no idea because three years ago, I didn't even know what hand lettering was, let alone how to do it. So it's very possible that when you learn something new, you're going to find that you are absolutely loving it and you want to pursue that further. I know um, a friend and listener of ours, Darlene, yes, Darlene, I'm talking about you. Um, She was an artist of different types and recently, um, maybe about a year ago, she started doing the paint pouring and that became her new obsession. And now if you check out her Instagram, and I apologize, I don't remember the handle right offhand, or I would say it. I think it's Ladybug Art Journey. Um, but she shares pictures of her gorgeous paint poured projects, and they're stunning. And that's, she still does other types of things, just like I do. But this is something that kind of she took hold of and wanted to do more and more. And so it's very possible that when you try something new, you're going to find that that happens too, and you want to do it more and more. Um, There's plenty of things out there to explore, plenty of different types of crafting, different skills that you can develop. There's wood burning, wood carving, there's quilling, there's embroidery, there's all types of things. And you know what? You can learn how to do a lot of it for basically free. There's YouTube tutorials, there's classes on Skillshare.com, there are books at the library. You can sometimes take a class at a local arts center. Sometimes community colleges will offer classes that you can audit. Sometimes you have to pay, but they're not super expensive. Um, Sometimes you can go to like one of those DIY stores, like an AR workshop or a pottery studio, and you can use their materials and try it out. I know the AR workshop 
in Frederick, Maryland, as well as Meltdown DIY in Eldersburg, uh, they have both started carrying metal stamping supplies. So I know that is an example of one that's a little bit more pricey to get into at first because you need the steel block and you need like a $60 stamp set to start out with the alphabet. But once you buy the supplies and have them, it's a really inexpensive hobby. The blanks are super cheap and they're really nice quality. And so you can make lots of great gifts for really inexpensive. Um, I highly recommend that. But if you aren't sure you want to take the plunge into buying those supplies initially, go to a place like that and try it out. Test it. See if you like it. See if that's something that you might want to invest in. So there's lots of ways that you can try things out. Um, sometimes Michael's or Hobby Lobby, your local store, will be offering classes. I know Joann's offers classes. So there's tons and tons of resources out there. Just pick one. Pick something and learn how to do it. And I think that that will sort of jumpstart you back into feeling more creative again. It'll inspire you, um, give you a fresh look at the supplies that you have and at what you're able to do. So in summary, you know, all of us get into a creative rut sometimes. It is not unusual. It is not unheard of. And it's not something to worry about. It's your creative juices will come back. That creative spark will come and um, you'll be creating again in no time. But when you do find yourself in that place, just kind of keep in mind those four tips. Freshen up your space so it's a place that inspires you and where you want to work. Search your supplies find all the stuff in your stash, pick something, search it, and see what you could do with it that may be different that you've never thought of before. Third, pop over to Pinterest, see what old pins you saved that you just never got around to doing. And four, try something completely brand new. Pick a new skill and learn to do something that's totally different, totally outside your wheelhouse. Challenge yourself and see if there's a new way um, that you'll find that you absolutely love to create. So all of those things, any one of those things can help to restore the energy and bring you back to a place where you're feeling creative again. And if you listened to my podcast about creativity, you'll know that I feel really, really strongly that everyone can and should create. It's what we're created to do. Um, We are made to be makers. And so, you know, when we're feeling uninspired, all we have to do is take a few simple steps to re-energize ourselves and get ourselves our hands messy again um, get ourselves glitter covered again and um, trust me friend you'll be creating again in no time thanks for listening to the crafting and coffee podcast with amy latta creations for more inspiration check out amylattacreations.com